0: Hello and welcome to Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. This is Catherine McPhail. I am your host. I am an architect working in eastern Massachusetts on renovations and additions to existing homes. So I'm making this podcast, as I mention every time, to set up a library for people who are um, planning their renovations just so they can learn as much as they can about the various topics. These are just beginnings. You can dive deeper into all these topics, of course, through... um, Google searches and whatnot, but I love listening to podcasts, and I thought that would be a good way to get people information. Today is the third in our series with Ron Pike of Alpine Environmental, and today we are talking about mold. Okay, I'm back with Ron Pike talking today about mold. Again, for the people who haven't yet listened to to the episode on lead and asbestos, Go back and listen to those. But would you would you say a little bit about yourself, just in case I'm just listening to this one episode? Sure.
1: Yeah. Right. Uh, founded uh, Alpine Environmental in 1991 with my dad. Way back when he still shows up at the office at 84 years old and causes a ruckus. Hmm. So uh, that's always good. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, a, it's always fun to have him around. Uh, so it's it's a family business for uh, for a long time. Working in the Boston area, we've been working in Cambridge pretty much continually for. Forever, I think since 91 uh, we started off doing lead paint abatement uh, and it morphed into uh, historical restoration because we realized we're taking a lot of lead paint off of old windows and uh, old colonials and Victorians and we got pretty good at restoring the woodwork the windows uh, doing full restorations of that we do tons and tons of window restorations the old rope and pulleys you do uh,
0: you do the actual that. window restoration
1: yeah Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do a restoration like no other. Yeah, it comes out great. I
0: didn't um, know that.
1: Hi- historical V-groove weather stripping, like the brass weather stripping, so it looks totally appropriate. We could put new copper-coated steel chains in there or just you know, the usual old ropes. Hmm. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of fun with that. You could get, And you could tune them up pretty well so they work pretty pretty amazingly. Um, you know, they're never going to be a, a modern window, but boy, you can't beat the charm no, of an old, well-restored well, well yeah, rope and pulley. Well, I'll have to talk to you about that yeah, sometime. Oh yeah. We love, we love that stuff. We, uh, we have a, oh man, we're, we do, we're doing some window restorations at an old hotel up in Bennington, Vermont right now, which is really cool. Hmm. So that's, we, uh, we like to, we like to do some fun things like that and do just onesies, twosies, we're doing six, six or seven of them on a home in Cambridge right now. Uh, hmm. so it's a, it, it's a little, and putting in new and replacing windows elsewhere in the home. So, so it's kind of a cool, cool outcrop. It was an un, unseen, uh, unseen, uh, unexpected uh out, outcome of what we're doing here doing the enviro
0: yeah and so you then you got into mold remediation yes, as well. mold,
1: mold remediation is a, is a close cousin of uh, of, of of the lead because it's the same protection it's the same containment we're sealing off an area that has some bad thing whether it's lead or mold and making sure that it as we take it out and we deal with it because when you're taking something out like mold or lead or asbestos, you're making a mess. There's no that you 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 you're it's it's getting uh, airborne, dusty, it's coming apart. Whatever it is, you got to sand it, scrape it. Um, so the containment process, the tools, the equipment, the filters, everything is pretty much the same. So it was a natural a natural outcropping for us. So hmm. we've been doing that since 2003. It's a long time. It's a lot of mold. A Lot of mold, um, yeah. And and along those lines, we also like to fix the underlying causes because there's never a reason to have mold in a home. Except for either a failure of a system or a poor design at the beginning, Yeah. or a poor construction technique. So, so it's one of the you know, poor design or poor construction.
0: How do and people we, know? We, it, I'm sorry. How do people know if they actually have mold, like a mold in their house? Which is it something that you can see? Obviously, if it's in the wall cavity, that you can't quite see it yet.
1: Right. We have what's called like a. A lot of times we we lovingly refer to it as a, as a smoking gun. You know, you go up into your attic, for example. Um, in the springtime or the fall, whatever you're changing out seasonal stuff, and you open up your attic for the first time and you look up and you say, holy crow, um, you either see a bunch of gray, furry blobs up there uh, or black, like uh, it looks like someone spray painted your attic sheathing black, like right mm-hmm. against the backside of the roof. Um, that's, that's a very, that's a typical thing, for example, in your, in your attics. Um then you say, okay, well that that black is dormant mold and the gray stuff means you've you got an even bigger problem because it's growing right now and it's it's uh it's it's, it's a lovely little ecosphere mm. up there. Um so that's not good. Uh, basements, everybody knows the traditional New England musty basement smell. Yeah. Um sometimes it's just a musty basement, you are smelling dirt and life is good. Um mm-hmm. but sometimes you go down there and you and you got that mold smell and that mold smell is um the mycotoxins which is basically just the mold outgassing, and um, th- that mold smell is telling you that there's a mold colony somewhere living and growing and uh, and reproducing right there. And you, you, the, the smell of that mold is is, uh, is is all is all the testing you need to know that you've got some mm. um, somewhere. And then some and then that's where the testing comes. And you you may need to have an inspector come in. We don't do any of that, but we you always want a third party. You don't want somebody to do the tell you yeah, i'll take care of that mold in your basement and I'll, I'll tell you where it is um and so it's better to have a third party we work with some good some good inspectors who can come in there and figure out where the, where it is um but, but quite frankly more often than not it's obvious where it is and we just go in there and take care of it and, yeah. and, and you'd like to have an, an inspector come in afterwards and, and test the air and make sure that it's clean
0: so i mean the basement's a, <clears throat> a moist place you know, so and then when people yep. are renovating their basements, it it actually it makes me kind of nervous, especially these old basements that we have. Um, yep. How how do you have any advice for people about how they can avoid getting mold in their basement or avoid it during Boy, renovation? I
1: have a lot of advice on that, and I'll tell you, it's it's um it's very tricky. Um the the the, the first thing is that not every basement can be finished. We've had people um with with in south boston for example i'll never forget this place they had a river not a river but it was you know a six inch wide stream running through the basement they had a a mushroom i still have a picture of it somewhere it was Mm. yellow it was about three inches long which is like like electric you know a lamborghini yellow color pop (laughs) sticking out of the brick foundation we'd like to finish this basement i said you know what this is not a good candidate. You, you can't. You just can't. It, was, it was a swamp. It was an absolute swamp. But you could have fixed, And they had a, a hill in the backyard. They had four feet on either side of the house of the property line. You could fix it, but you'd have to trench up the whole thing. It'd, it'd be a massive you know, six-figure job just to, just to prep the area to dry the basement out. So not, not everything's perfect uh, or doable. <clears throat> but yeah, when, you're doing, when, when you do have a basement that's pretty good, um, the first thing you've you got to do is dehumidify. Mm. You need a dehumidifier running from April to october keep keep the humidity down below sixty. you prefer the you prefer the humidity to to be below fifty if it's fifty percent relative humidity in your basement it'll be a pretty healthy clean spell mold can't grow in that kind of a dry dry air environment mm. um so that's that's one thing um, but on a parallel track um where you need a healthy air, you need healthy building um systems people uh, will still builders will still drop a uh, pressure treated or even a kiln, kill and dry just a kd two by four on the floor as a sill and they'll build a wall <clears throat> and that that two by four is now laying on the concrete and the concrete is pushing up vapor from the soil from underneath you need to build if you're going to build any wall in a basement our, our, in our in our experience in our theory our philosophy is that there should be no no organic material touching the concrete so that yeah. means you, you you step you step your wall, you put your sill on on slices of azek or slices of whatever some plastic of your choice of composite, and then you just sit it there and you and you hilty it right down so that there's so there's no contact. You can't have ground contact with wood in a basement. You will grow mold. It's a, mm. it's almost almost for sure. Um, and then keep your sheetrock off of the floor don 't step your sheetrock on the floor, step it on shims, keep it a half inch off the floor. So when your basement is is breathing it 's not wicking water into your sheetrock, which grows mold mm. so the, 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 those little steps that actually don 't cost a penny they literally don 't cost a penny it, co- it takes about you know thirty seconds longer for each sheet of sheetrock that you 're doing to do it right um, that 's a huge that 's the biggest single thing is keep the organics off the bloody floor. And, and also use purple board. It's called XP board, which is a sheetrock, which is mold resistant. Mm-hmm. And don't use regular, don't, don't put blue board. Don't put gray board. Um, Cause that, that's some, that you just put a, you just set a, a buffet out for mold. Uh,
0: yeah. They do like to eat that.
1: Yeah. Oh, I yeah. just like thinking yeah. about what
0: they like to eat and then not including any of that. So what, what do mold spores, I guess you would call them. What do they like to eat? Paper?
1: All they need is organic paper, wallpaper, sheetrock paper, wood, anything organic, even dust and dirt, Mm. because they will feast on that. You'll see mold growing. I was just in a basement. Uh, The mold was growing on the concrete just because the concrete was wet and there's enough dirt just just airborne dirt and just household dirt and dust, which is skin particles and got do know oh, all the yuck, other. Like, yuck, yuck, that's so gross. Yuck, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> 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 I, if you really get to a microscopic level, it's
0: disgusting. <laughs> the world's um, <laughs> disgusting, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Trying to think about it, then it's yeah. okay. But, <laughs> but yeah, what, what, you, what you could have, so all it needs is oxygen and water and food, just like mm. us, just like humans. Mm. Mold is just like us. Um, Mm -hmm. but, and also it can't be too cold. If it's below 40 degrees or so, it won't grow, which is why those attics in the wintertime turn black because it's cold Mm -hmm. and then they turn gray in the transition phase during like uh, the spring and fall. It'll be gray because it's all living and spongy and live and happy. And then in the summer it gets too hot. So it goes dormant again because it's 130 degrees in your attic with with the, um, sun beaten down so um but that's what that's that's all the mold needs so if you're giving if you're doing a basement and you're laying you know 100 feet of of two by fours flat on the concrete and then you're laying 100 feet of of sheetrock sitting right on the concrete and you don't live in the sahara and you have any kind of moisture in the the ground which is pretty much everywhere in new england um forget about don't even mention south end boston i mean they, they finished every inch of the south end and the the builders would finish places like that were analogous to what I just t- said at the beginning of this, they, they should not have some of these basements in this in, in South end should not have been finished, mm. but it's a thousand bucks and 800 bucks a square foot. So people will take a chance. <laughs> yeah. Some really poorly, poorly finished basements. There are some bad building things that that, that need to just you know, bad building uh, concepts where they're, they're putting sleepers, you know, two by fours all over it, right, right on the concrete and there's mm. water running under there. So you got mold and rot and, crazy oh and that will give you a severely bad um indoor air quality and if you have a mold allergy now you got problems
0: so and even if you molds, don't have a mold
1: allergy yeah and
0: even if you don't right? have a mold allergy then it's still
1: bad for well, you 80% of people don't have uh, allergies to uh, they're not allergic to mold about 20% are you know, so like fluffy the cat if i put a cat in front of your face and you love cats you think you think she's the best thing ever and I give it to somebody who's allergic to cat, and they're heading for the ER. They're getting their uh, they're they're getting their inhaler out because they got asthma. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same cat, different response. So the the cat is a health hazard for Sally, but not for you because you're not allergic to cats. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the mold. Um, mold. You could be sitting there. I got a headache. I got I got I got I got brain fog. I feel like I got a headache. I got I got the sniffles. My my sinus is going to explode. I always feel like I have a cold. Those are typical responses for somebody with a mold sensitivity. Mm. And, um, and they could be sitting right next to somebody who's like, you're nuts. It's, it's a classic indoor air quality issue with offices, you know, sick buildings, yeah. homes. Somebody could be fine and the other guy's dying. So, huh.
0: so is all mold bad for you or is it just the black mold? Is it, I mean, there's got to be different.
1: It, Lots of different kinds In of general, mold. yeah. Well, the the black mold is it's called Stachybotrys, and that's the stuff that you'll see. That's the stuff that makes the headlines, and that is called the toxic black mold, and it and it, it is um, pretty heavily reactive. It's going to send people off. I, I had one guy being casual about about ten ten mold, probably fifteen years ago when we, we first got going. He was a, one of the, he was a carpenter, and he found some stuff to pull up. And long story short, he was he was he wound up in, in the you know out of work for three weeks with bronchitis. Mm. Like you dummy. Yeah, he, he he was uh he was a kind of a cowboy we, we like to have our guys careful wearing yeah. wearing protective our guys were wearing suits and respirators this guy was a carpenter just showed up oh, i'll take care of this and 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 all of a sudden so you don't know at what level or what threshold if you have a heavy exposure it might never have bothered you before but it, it'll bother you all of a sudden all of a sudden you'll have a, a reaction so all mold in general is you, you want to avoid it unless it's in your in your blue cheese but if there's mm-hmm. any mold in your house it's eating whatever it is sitting on so if it's on your sheathing in your attic it's eating your roof Eventually, your, your roof will fail mm. your, your rafters will rot out uh, oh, if it's boy. eating your your basement walls those walls are going to rot um so uh,
0: so metal it, studs it, i guess people should use in their basements too
1: yeah, that's true. That, that, well, you can you can use the wood, but if you do it like a, like I was saying, when you step it on top of plastic so it doesn't wick the water up, and, and oh, okay. if you don't have a history of flooding, you, those studs they'll, they'll last a hundred years. They'll last two hundred years down there. It's not okay. a, it's not a problem okay. as long as they stay dry. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's 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 one of those things where mold, um, in general any mold if you have a mold sensitivity I I don't want to get too much into the medical cuz I don't know all that stuff but I know enough to say um any kind of exposure uh especially if it's if it's ongoing and it's and it's not just a little bit of background it's going to be a problem for an inhabitant um and especially if it turns into the stachybotrys which does tend to be the more the more reactive mold out there it's not it's, it's certainly one you want to avoid um, but you could have an allergic reaction to the Aspergillus or the Penicillium or all you know, Cladosporium. People, people have different allergies for different things. So in general, the the rule of thumb is, if you got any mold inside a living space, it's indicative of a problem because yeah. if it's not hurting you, it's at least hurting the house.
0: So I I spent some time as a teenager, I'll say, as a teenager, um, bleaching walls, like bleaching, bleaching mold off of walls. So I guess that's just removing the mold and not the problem. Right. Right. Well, right. Can you can a homeowner just get rid of it by themselves or is it depend on how dangerous it is
1: or there's there's certain things you can do, um certainly. Um if you if you've got mold on sheetrock, for example, um, there's 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 all sorts of schools of thought. Uh the idea is that you don't bleach on if you spray bleach on a sheetrock wall. With, with mildew, we've all done it in our bathrooms, right? You over the shower, you have the little black dots all over the place. That's mold. Mildew equals mold, um, and uh, it'll it'll just come back. Oftentimes in the same spot, because what you're doing is kind of like you know, when I shave my face, right? You're cutting the whiskers off, but the roots are still there. They're going to grow back. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 that's what tends to happen with the uh, with, with just spraying it with uh, with, with with the Clorox. Um, so it's, it's not, it, it doesn't penetrate and kill all the way down, mm. uh, the, the proper way the, the, uh, the, industry standard, if you have mold on, on, you know, sheetrock, not little dots here and there, but if you, if you've got it like really like growing from a leak or something, you got to you got to cut it out and replace it. You eliminate the water source and you replace it. You can't bring mold contaminated sheetrock back to life. You might be able to nurse a little bit of dots of mildew in your bathroom along, but uh overall for a permanent solution you gotta get rid of it.
0: Okay. Just cut it right off and re re put more blue board up and plaster over it again.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. And usually it's because there's a water issue. So the good news right. is the, the good news is on that it's not just gonna spontaneously arrive without
1: yeah. all the ingredients. Right. Right. Well, for a couple of little, little little pointer along that line too is that if you have a bathroom with no with a vent fan or with no vent fan, God forbid, that's that's really what's fueling the mold. You're turning that whole that whole bathroom when you're done with the shower. That, that bathroom's turned into a steam room. It's like it's like a sauna,
0: hmm. um,
1: and it's just gonna it's just it's gonna grow. Um, if you put a fan in there, that's step one. But we really heavily recommend putting a fan in with a timer. Because what happens if you take a shower, you walk out of the bathroom, you flip the light off, the fan goes off. Yeah. Um, you haven't finished venting that bathroom out yet. That moisture is still there. The, the fan is only doing a little bit, maybe 10% of what you needed to do. Hmm. So um, we, there's a little digital. It's very. It's just as easy to install as a light switch. Just put a, a digital push button Home Depot thing, 15, 20 bucks. And that way you could leave it on for, you know, for 10, 15 minutes and really vent out that bathroom and dry it out. And you'll you'll be amazed by how the mildew doesn't appear anymore
0: oh okay so about 15 minutes is long enough for that
1: yeah, it, it depends the, on the, it depends on the size of the bathroom and the size of the fan so yeah, if you have so an undersized fan in a big bathroom or whatever, or whatever. but in that range yeah okay. it's better to vent it out too much um, we tend to be so energy efficient and so conscious of that in our homes that we don't usually have enough makeup air and it's always better to run a fan a little longer than maybe you ought to <laughs> Cause yeah. Especially in the winter time, I'm looking at my CO2 meter over here in my office just because I'm, I like to watch these things. And you know, it's <laughs> like, you know, it's you know seven or eight hundred parts per million of CO2 in an office. And if I close the door, and uh, actually the the, the uh, when the heat turns off, uh, and the ventilation is off, uh, it goes up to 1100, 1200. That's enough to make you feel like you're uh, you got a headache and you want to go to bed. So hmm. you know, the, the air 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 exchange and fresh air um, is, is, is amazing. And it's very undervalued, especially over here in America, in the good old USA, because we're very energy efficient and and conscious. Um, over in Europe, they, 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 uh, they routinely, um, open up their windows in the wintertime just to get fresh air. They're addicted.
0: Well, I, I'm all for an open window myself. You know, I, I love to have my windows open. I don't have air conditioning in my house because I prefer to have the windows open you know so you get a breeze yep. it's kind of nicer from i think so
1: oh, I, anyway i agree i love i love an open window yeah you feel you at least feel a little connected with the outdoors too it's yeah, that's a right. better way to live so yeah. if you if you open yeah. your
0: windows that will help a little bit with the air quality and maybe not getting the mold well, growing in your house too. yeah unless
1: unless unless you live just downwind of the the uh, lower deck or something that's a, that's that's <laughs> yeah a Maybe you want to get a different, you know, whole air filtration <laughs> system for your home at that point. But yeah, right. but in general, yeah, fresh air is good, and and you know, drying out those bathrooms is a big thing. And 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 in general, just to you know, circle back on the genesis of all this mold issue, the only reason why there's ever mold in your house is because if some, something has failed, or somebody blew it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's never an okay thing. Uh, so it's uh, it's something. And some of it you can do yourself. You could figure out go in your basement and say, "Oh shoot, my sump pump broke, and I've been just leaking for forever or whatever." You know, yeah. and and don't don't uh, don't ignore don't ignore the systems, the boring the boring and dull systems like the sump pumps or or just plumbing leaks, little pinhole leaks, or leaky, oozy things that are just keeping a spot in the basement floor just wet all the time. Yeah, that will find a way. It'll migrate to those walls, and and you're gonna start to you you start to smell things down there.
0: Hmm. Mm.
1: Keep keeping a dehumidifier running in your basement with a condensate pump. Don't don't kid yourself that you're going to go down there every week and empty it in the summertime because it'll it'll fill up in a day. Um, Get a good condensate pump with a nice uh, dehumidifier. A lot of them come with them built in, so it pours the water, pumps the water right out for you into a drain someplace, a sink or your laundry. Um, Keep that basement dry, especially if it's a finished one. Keep it under under 60. Preferably under 50% humidity.
0: Hmm. And that'll
1: that'll keep the mold from growing.
0: Okay. I have one last question for you about that. So um when people are wanting to do their basement over or want to finish their basement, um how do they know? Some contractors might tell them that it's just possible to do because either they don't know or they don't care, or they they they'll just say, sure, you could do it. How do you know for sure that it's a bad idea to? um, finish your basement, like fieldstone foundations, or
1: those, those, those kind are, of it tricky? Depends. Well, the biggest thing that it is, those are tricky. Um, but if you have a, but I'll tell you what, they're tricky enough that if you do have a fieldstone foundation and you don't have puddles all over the place and you've got weepy you know, wet spots all over the wall, that, that's probably a good indication that your groundwater, there's two things that'll get you in the basement. One is the groundwater, like, like the underground water table. Yeah. And then your surface runoff. If you have a house that's optimally pitched and drained, so like all the roof and all the rain, when it rains, it just runs away from the house and it's not oozing all in. You have gutters that are leading it away and all that. Um, that's a good indication that you're in good shape. Uh, and if you have a low water table and you don't have a lot of moisture and a lot of dampness in your basement all the time, um, just because that means, that, you know, you don't have a i just. I grew up in a house with a high water table, and it was just like it's just you know just crazy things. with you, know, you have the water, oh yeah, you just know it's in the springtime. Oh, that spot, that crack in the wall, three feet up, is going to just start pouring water every April. You know?
0: Yeah, I do if, if know. You got yep. something
1: like that? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah. there are guys. There's good companies out there that can do a pretty good job sealing cracks, and and uh, you you want to get a professional assessment. If you know in your heart of hearts, and there's some builder guy remodeler who's, who's maybe maybe has your best intentions I mean, your, your best your, your best outcome in his mind but um maybe not realizing just how bad your basement is if you know your basement's a, a water a water spot uh you might you, you might want to have somebody come in and you know we, we could take a look at it and make an assessment uh we work with a with, with a company that does basement crack sealing uh they do a real good job they can do you know pumping in epoxies or whatever to to, to, to secure those basements so that if there is, if even if you've got a crack that does you know blow water across your 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 uh, your room every once in a while, those can be sealed. Those can be fixed. Hmm. So you wanna get a get a couple of good opinions before you spend fifty grand finishing your basement with something that you're gonna absolutely have to just wanna just wanna scream about later.
0: Fifty grand. Yeah, that's a lot. I I've a lot of the basements are way more than that. And then it's oh, yeah, just too yeah, bad and they get ruined right away.
1: Yeah, oh, yeah no, I know. Yeah, it, it happens a lot, and 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 it might be a, it might just be a, a couple thousand dollars worth of remediation, or a couple thousand dollars with of crack sealing. Um, there's a, there's a, we could go for a long time about all the different things you could put concrete sealants down. They have a sealant, um uh, sealers that are very good. They penetrate the concrete and they turn the water vapor down if you have a high water table. We've had good luck with those. There's a lot of things you can do to turn that dial down to an acceptable level of moisture in your basement so you can enjoy it.
0: Hmm. Well, it's good to know. That's important to think about that before you just go ahead and put some two-by-fours down. Don't put two-by-fours down. I got that. Yep. Got that message. Um, Okay, Ron, I have been very interested in everything you have to say, and you have spent a ton of time with me over these three subjects, and I really appreciate it. And I, and I well, owe you one. So yeah, thank <laughs> you for um, making the world a better place.
1: Well, well, thank you. Seriously. I, I do appreciate it. We're, we're kind of mission based over here. It means, it means a lot to me to be able to get the word out. And, uh, and if anybody out there listening has any questions on any of this stuff, we're happy to, happy to help and spend some time on the phone and maybe swing by and take a look at the property too. Okay. Um, we're, we're, what, that's how do I get in touch for. with you? Uh, you can see so our uh, our website is uh, alp- alpine-environmental.com, and it's one of those long domain names that I'm not thrilled with. But my goodness, it's a good, it's a good spell check for everybody. Alpine dash alp- Alpine dash environmental.com. That's not or, so bad. It could be worse, but nobody knows how to spell environmental. They always well, leave off that second. They
0: should and, learn. They should learn how to spell environmental. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I I went through public schools. I know how to spell environmental. Come on, I can handle this.
0: Right, you can do it.
1: It's not that hard. <laughs> We're up in Chelmsford. You can find you can find us all over the web, uh, or you can call us you can call us directly at uh, at eight seven seven five two seven forty forty is a uh, is the number up right up here in our office, and and uh, we we'd be happy to help anybody out there.
0: Great, thank you, Ron. You're the best. Appreciate well, thank it. Thank
1: you. Appreciate appreciate the time spent. Also, likewise.
0: Well, that's it for our lead, mold, and asbestos uh, series. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much to Ron for putting so much time into this series and um, just informing us about these matters that are really important to know about. They're just important to know um, just how to deal with them because they can be dealt with. And at least for me, it seems overwhelming, but I feel better after talking to Ron. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I would love to hear what you think. If you like the episode, if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that helps me out or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a suggestion or some other thing you'd like to tell me, you could write to me at HouseMaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. And this episode is produced by my architecture firm, Demios Architects. You can find out more information about my firm or send me questions about um, your particular renovation at www.demiosarchitects.com. And join me on Facebook at Talking Home Renovations in that, in that community. It would be great to hear from you. Thanks again and talk to you soon.